what was that noise? I guess welcome to the Marble Force podcast, right? That's how we <laughs> That's start this. Probably how we should start it, but do we ever? Um, no. A lot of our starting is just giggling. A lot of it's just laughing and then awkwardly going, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm okay. Um I'm Amber, by the way, for people who are just listening new. I'm Jesse. Um apparently Amber has to tell me a story that grinds her gears. Oh my god, are you ready? I am ready. You're a dog owner. Yes. So, buckle up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I was hanging out with my dad on Father's Day. Yes. And we went and got sushi and all the fun so stuff. Long. And he was like, did you hear what happened to your grandma's dog, Allie? And I was like, no. First of all, who would I have heard it from but you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh. Yeah, she got into a fight with a deer and lost. Oh, no. So the story goes, my grandma was outside. She was like watering her flowers and she had left the dog outside and she was hanging out in the front yard or kind of taking care of flowers and crap. Yeah. And the dog was outside. And I guess this deer has been around for the last few days and it kind of seems like it's been an aggressive deer, but like nothing has happened. Yeah. She... Didn't know that the neighbor had left her gate open. And so the dog got over into her neighbor's yard where the deer was at. Uh. So she didn't know. She goes out eventually to the backyard and sees the deer and the dog in the same. And she calls Allie back and, you know, she seems like she's okay. And then the neighbor, who's, I guess, like a nurse or something, was like, Oh, yeah, they've been going at it for a while. Bitch, you didn't do anything about it? You didn't try to do anything about it? My grandma's like, she didn't make a noise. She didn't come get me. She didn't try to scream. Like, if she would have made a loud enough noise, my grandma would have heard her because she was outside. Yeah. She was just in the front yard. She's like, she didn't try to separate them. She didn't try to yell. She didn't try to get them away from each other or anything. She just watched. Yeah, that's when I, like, throw rocks at the deer. Yeah, so... (laughs) She just watched. Allie seemed to be okay at first, and then my grandma got her inside and eventually noticed, like, there was, like, stickiness on her back leg. She took her into the vet, and she had a huge gash on her back leg. So they, like, kind of gave her surgery, which was mostly just, like, stitching her up and putting in, like, a drainage tube so everything was okay and keep out infection and all that stuff. And she got her back. She's on, like, sedatives and painkillers and stuff. But the dog is, like, so sore and in so much pain. And it was really rough because they had to literally put a towel on either side of her to pull her up. Yeah. Because they had to make her legs move so that they don't, like, lock up or anything. Yeah. It was really sad. And it's really, like... But but she's still okay, right? She's still, yeah. She's still alive. She's healing. All right. It's just really sad. It just pissed me off that, like... You would see animals attacking each other. Like, you know it's your neighbor's dog. You've seen it in your neighbor's yard before. Yeah. Like, my grandma's lived there forever. Like, I would at least have tried to, like, scream at it and scare it away. Right. 
you know? And that's what... And, like, I probably would know my neighbor's dog's name and try to call the dog to me. You right. know, like, because I know all of my freaking neighbor's dog's right. names. <laughs> like, Well, that's what you would think, and that's what bothered me, and that's why it was, like, that's what really was pissing me off, is, like, even though it might not be my dog, it's happening on my land, and it's a dog. Like, it's getting injured. Why aren't you doing anything? Yeah, I would at least try to do something. Yeah. Like, I know deers are beefy, and I'm not gonna, like... Oh, I'm not going the- into there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going anywhere close to there, but I'm going to try my best. Right. I don't have anything more uplifting, but I guess we can just go into hauntings, right? I don't- Unless you have anything else to talk about. I don't have much to talk about. I don't know. Brendan bought, like, mountain bike helmets that were too small for him. And then while we were trying it on, Theo was, like, getting all up in our business. So we, like, tried a helmet on him. And I, like, held it over his head. Because look at him. Yeah, he's so freaking cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I put it up on my Instagram. And he put it up on his Instagram because it's cute. I don't really have anything else to say besides that. No, that's it. Like, that's all I really wanted to tell you. Like, I knew that you would have some feelings on that yeah but i'm ready to like get into the story today because i'm like my story's so long for one yeah and i'm just sort of excited about it oh i just thought of something i can tell you real oh, quick oh, okay it's a quick one all right so yesterday i was picking up a friend from the airport oh yeah i saw that on instagram did you see that yeah caitlin and i were picking him up and the water in the airport parking lot was ridiculous. I told her, I was like, I keep feeling like I'm driving through a lake. Yeah. So we kept making jokes and I'd sit there and I was like, do you think I could go fishing in this water? <laughs> you probably could. It was, it, it poured last night just randomly. Yeah. Like, you look know, at, just, yeah, it's like, it's waves. And I was like, I said, oh, here comes another wave. We better watch out for a surfer. And she's like, Amber, really? <laughs> I was like, it was bad. I drove through a puddle and I, cause I couldn't avoid it at one point. And it was just this massive spray of water that was taller than my car. Oh no. It was bad. That's not good at all. But it was, it was entertaining. I mean, we waited though for like their flight landed at 1230 and they got into my car around two in the morning. What? Because of rain delays? Yeah, they were delayed, and then the weather was so bad that other flights had to go back to the gate, so they didn't have a gate for their Uh, plane. So they just had to sit on the tarmac? That sucks. Yeah. It was so irritating for us, too, because the traffic was so, so bad. I literally looped the airport twice, and then I was like, at one point, I'm like, I'm just finding a place to park. Yeah, that makes sense. But, all right, let's jump into it now. Jive into it? Let's jive on in. Yeah, I'm going to keep it going. I like, I like it. Let's okay. stick with it. Yeah. Our official podcast coin flipper. It's Jesse. Yay! So, did, you, did you like my noise? Did you like yes. my music? <laughs> the waiting music? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just like to uh, forewarning my story first. Okay. There's a lot of Spanish words. <laughs> Ooh, yay. <laughs> and because I am so bad at pronouncing things, I literally went through with the words that I couldn't pronounce and I wrote ways to say them down. That's how in I my do story. it. I like sound spell it out or I like 
put those spelling. Yeah, I I sounded them out. But I if I still pronounce it wrong, I'm sorry, and I tried so hard. <laughs> like, All right, I'm excited to make fun of you. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I tried so hard. It's even in bold. See, look, it's in bold. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Yes. So, I also like to say before I begin that the public school system in the United States has clearly failed me for this story. Oh, no. <laughs> so, because, like, when I was doing this story, I was debating how much history to do of it, you know, because it's a lot of history and it's a very popular American history. And so I was just like, oh, how much history do I put in this? I'm like, oh, well, we all learned this in high school. And I'm like, well, if we have people listening from other countries, they don't know the history. Or, well, if it's the UK, they probably know the history better than us. But (laughs) I'm dead serious about that. But the thing is, going through the story, I realize I know nothing about this and the public school system has failed me. Can I guess? Because you saw it? No. I don't want to guess. I lied. Okay. I'm scared. Okay. I'm scared. Tell me. <laughs> well, do you remember the Alamo? That's what I was going to guess. Okay. I really wanted to guess it, but I was really <laughs> nervous. Yes. So, the Alamo is in San Antonio, Texas. It began as a mission by Father Antonio de San Buena Ventura Oliveres that converted, that tried to convert I'm just going to skip this word. The Native Americans in the area to Catholicism near the Rio Grande River. Okay. That was the hardest. That's probably the hardest paragraph I'll say. Okay. Well, you conquered it. <laughs> I did. Did I do it well? Um, It was a little choppy. Okay. But it's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Oliveras traveled to Texas with an expedition in 1709 and came across the San Antonio area. He believed that it was perfect for the mission and recommended it to the Spanish viceroy. So, like, the Spanish rulers. Okay. (laughs) Yes. It was initially known as the Mission of San Antonio de Valero in 1718. Sorry. There's a lot of Spanish. I just want to make sure I say it right. I'm hoping people will forgive us. Okay. If you don't. Yeah. I mean, it's very clear that we do not speak Spanish. I'm trying really hard. (laughs) Uh, But in 1793, the Spanish had begun to move away from their missions in response to the increase in the French and American threats from nearby Louisiana. Okay. So there's other stuff going on. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting over territories. And they're like... Uh, this isn't as important. Let's get safe. Yeah. Okay. So, um, for the first time, the church, or the mission, uh, became the first uh, hospital in Texas. So, the location... Was a hospital. Is now a hospital. For, for a minute. It was a mission. Yeah, for a minute. Now it's a hospital. For a minute. Ew. Yeah, there's not much on the hospital. All right. Hopefully um, it was an okay hospital. <laughs> So, it was soon, it was outfitted as a fort and was renamed the Alamo. For the cottonwood tree that Father Antonio once gathered below uh, near, like, the 80 plus years that it was when he decided that, yes, that is the land that I choose (laughs) for this mission. (laughs) So, uh, in 1803, 
A company of a hundred heavily armed soldiers and families moved in. For 32 years, the Alamo defenders would protect the city from raiding of the Apaches and the Comanches. Yeah. You went with it. Yeah. You went with it. Yes. It it sounded good. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's how I wrote it. See? Oh, yeah. 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 You went with it. Yeah. Proud of you. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we can ever do is try. So Mexico ended up finally declaring its independence from Spain in 1821. The Alamo remained a military outpost, but there was a shift in of alliance from Spain to Mexico. Okay. Um, so like the people who were in the Alamo shifted their alliance more to Mexico than to Spain. Then the Texas Revolution started. So on October 2nd, 1835, the revolution erupted in the nearby town of Gonzales. The Texan troops pushing into San Antonio uh, commenced a five-day brutal struggle with Mexican troops on December 5th. So this is just like the preemptive. Okay. This is just pre-pre-gaming? Sure. Bad pre-gaming? Yeah. Uh, it, so the fighting was so bad that uh, snipers were seated on rooftops and on the street level, opposing forces clashed together in hand-to-hand combat. So oh. pretty much there was already just fighting going on. So this really reminds me of like <laughs> Western movies right now. Well, it's where pretty they much the, is a Western yeah, movie. Yeah, they've got the people like staked out on rooftops point, and then, then everyone else is just fighting and it almost seems like the people on the rooftops aren't really doing anything but standing there with guns, but they probably were doing more. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I assume. So both sides uh, struggled to gain control of the city San Antonio, but ultimately the Texans won the street fight. Street mm. fight, Mortal Kombat. They were street fighting. Do you think they were using prison rules? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm pretty sure anything goes. I mean, probably. They were just trying to, what, kill each other? Yeah, they were just fighting over territory. (laughs) So they made their prison shanks. Yep. And they were just trying to kill people. Yep, and the snipers from the roof. Not doing anything according to you. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they were, but in Westerns, sometimes they're just standing there. (laughs) Yes. So, eventually forcing the Mexicans to uh, surrender. Okay. Uh, General Koss signed a surrender to the Texans at the Siege of Bexar. So, that's pretty much what this was. The Texans demanded property, money, ammunition, weapons before the troops fell back to Rio Grande. Okay. So, they wanted They're like... We won. We deserve all of this shit. We want money. We want this land. We want all the ammunition that we had to use on your guys. We want it back. Yeah. But we want it to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This ain't no walking dead situation. Yeah. All right, I get it. I mean, they, they won. They feel like they're entitled to the winnings. Of course. But the win was short lived. Of course. Yep. And in January of 1836, the Texans had re-outfitted the old mission San Antonio de Valero as their new home base. So okay. the Alamo. So the Alamo is now their home base. Yes. All right. I don't know why I didn't just put the Alamo and I had to put the really long, complicated word. Because that's what its named was. Yes. We haven't named it the Alamo yet, have we? I think we've named it the Alamo. I'm just going with the Alamo. Yep. Let's just go with the Alamo. 
So General General uh, Sam Houston gave orders to blow the Alamo up. Oh. Yeah. While these people were, like, trying to do things. Oh, that's... Right? That's bold. He said to line the walls with dynamite and gunpowder. They can't risk letting them capture any more territory. Wow. Yes. But others believe that that wasn't the right way to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what's his thought to, like... Destroy just, the things they want? Just go up... <laughs> casually just lay some dynamite by the wall like don't don't mind us well it's their territory it was the texans territory okay so they were just thinking blow it up so they can't have anything good or so they don't want it yeah something like that right okay because in my mind (laughs) it wasn't theirs and they're just like let's just put some dynamite here it's it's fine no we're not trying anything (laughs) yes Clearly seeing that as a bad idea. I mean, I think that's probably a bad idea. Uh, others believed that if it fell, the, if the Alamo fell, there was nothing to prevent, like, no barrier, no defense to keep them from infiltrating more of Texas. Okay. So, on February 19th, a group of 20 volunteers arrived at the Alamo with Davy Crockett. <laughs> I don't know why I snored <laughs> I know he was a real person, yes. but I just never think of him as a real person. <laughs> yes, he is a real person that has reportedly killed 108 bears in eight months and supposedly rode alligators for a workout. <laughs> I, was, I was right to snore. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I am. How, first of all, how is riding an alligator a workout? I feel like just surviving is a workout. Okay, okay. Devin's like death uh, roll. Death roll. So he's just death rolling <laughs> constantly with these alligators. <laughs> what if the alligator thinks it's death rolling him and he's just like, nope, not today. I killed however many bears. Not today. <laughs> Sorry. Did he have one alligator that he always worked out with or was it multiple? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the alligator and him were gym buddies. <laughs> Jim Tan Laundry. Oh my god. <laughs> With the alligator. <laughs> well, yeah, like they go to the gym together, then they lay out on the beach together, and yeah. then he has to go do his laundry because he's all muddy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and he can just do his laundry right there in the lake next to the alligator. Yeah. Perfect. They're doing it together. Yeah, they're just best buds. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Davy Crockett was friends with alligators. Yes. So, Crockett was certifiably insane. Um, yeah. And, but he did help round up close to 189 people to fight. Okay. Um, did they just think, like, man, this guy's tough. I juicy his alligator friend. We should go help. (laughs) He's literally wearing a hundred bear pelts at one time. (laughs) Yeah, according to Brendan, he would wear a, a a coon hat. Yeah, that's how I know him. Yes. Yeah. So, the 189 people was nothing in comparison to the over 1,500 Mexican troops. Wow. So, they were extremely outnumbered. Oh, yeah. The troops, the Mexican troops, ended up swarming in and capturing the city of San Antonio. They raised a red flag to indicate that they would leave no survivors if the revolutionaries did not surrender. Wow. So... 186 people sacrificed themselves to stop Mexico from 
taking Texas. Oh no, they're all dead? They're, they're all dead. Oh no. <laughs> they were all the people who followed Davy Crockett in? Yeah. Oh yeah, they probably shouldn't have done that. Because <laughs> he was certifiably insane. Because <laughs> he was insane. <laughs> he must have been really, like, convincing. Yeah. As we stated, not a single Texan soldier soldier survived, except um, Colonel William Travis's slave, Joe. Oh, Joe survived? Joe survived. Wow! Way to go, Joe! Yes. <laughs> he was captured, but was later released on the premise that since Joe had not had a choice in whether he could should fight or not because he was a slave. That's fair. That he could not be held accountable for his standing with the rebels. That's fair. Yes. Like... So Joe lived. Good good job, Joe. Yeah, right? Those people are very progressive with their thought process. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so Mexico ended up refusing to grant Texas the Texas defenders a proper burial follow- following their victory at the Battle of the Alamo. Mm. Yeah. So this is, this is where things get a little worse. Oh, yeah. Well, we already know that, like... Hundreds of people died. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people died. So, their bodies were mounted on three pyres and lit to flames. Oh. Three of them? Yeah. Oh. Um, All at the same time? Well, I'm assuming close to all at the same time. Uh, A Um, lot of smoke. Body smoke. Yeah. A lot of corpse corpse smell. Corpse smell. A burning flesh smell. Ew. I'm making it worse. <laughs> You're making it way worse. Um, others were buried in a mass graves or were simply just carelessly thrown in the San Antonio River. Oh. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Do you think that Davy Crockett's friend Alligator was in the river? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. <laughs> do 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 you think he found Davy Crockett's body and was was so sad? Oh my gosh, what if he did? Oh, Davy Crockett was thrown into the river where his alligator buddy was swimming around, and he just he grabbed onto him because he thought they were gonna ru- to wrestle and work out, and then he- <laughs> oh, I'm making <laughs> this more and more sad. <laughs> you are. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to the story. Okay, let's sad. I mean, still sad. But- yeah, it's still sad. It's just still a very sad story. Less fictional sad. Sure. With my story. Yep, definitely. Okay. But I felt more feels. For my story? Yeah, with the alligator. Because <laughs> I just they picture it like, like a dog or something, but it's an alligator. Like Disney movies, how they make all of their creatures have the personality of dogs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's so sad. So three weeks later... Uh, General Sam Houston would defeat Mexico at the Battle of San Jacinto, uh, which is by Houston about 200 miles from San Antonio. So the Mexicans moved in quite a bit into Texas. So Texas finally won its independence from Mexico on April 21st, 1836. And on December 29th, 1845, so we're just skipping ahead. Okay. A lot. (laughs) Texas joined the United States. Yay! Yay. States! (laughs) Yay! Everything's bigger in Texas! Yeah. San Antonio was seen as a very important civic and military asset to the United States, and the Alamo became the first U.S. Army outpost and depot. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. The U.S. Army replaced 
ended up replacing the Alamo and established Fort Sam Houston in 1876. Oh. They replaced the Alamo. Like yeah. they built a new location? Yes. Okay. I was like, I think it's still there. I don't think they just replaced it. <laughs> no, they built a new location near Houston, Okay. I okay. The Alamo compound was divided and sold to various uses, one being a Catholic church until the Catholic church sold it to the city in 1871. Okay. The Alamo was even used as a commercial warehouse until the state of Texas purchased it in the 1880s. No. Oh, a commercial warehouse. What were they keeping there? I don't know. In the I 1880s. Didn't, I didn't look into that. 1870s to 1880s? Yeah. What do you keep in a commercial warehouse? I don't know. Maybe they're still using it for like military use. Probably cute, like an armory. Maybe they're like selling. Or t-shirts. T-shirts. <laughs> it's just a t-shirt warehouse. <laughs> the t-shirt hut. The Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> the alamo t-shirt hut go i like it yeah that's where i get my t-shirts printed okay that's good mm-hmm. today uh people visit it from all over the world to see and learn more about the mission and the fort and the vital role it has in america in defending our freedoms yeah yay Woo. america so the Alamo offers battlefield tours, living history, like, so they have, like, people dressing up and, like, shooting guns. Oh, and- like, reenactment stuff. Yeah. Like, kind of like the Greenfield Village? Yes. Okay. Uh, they also have a movie. A movie? Like, there's a famous movie about the mm. Alamo. I've never heard of such a movie. Really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> then we're just gonna move on from that. Uh, they offer summer camps and exhi- exhibits, and it's open, like, all of these are open year-round. Oh, it's kind of cool. Yes. So, it was not long after the actual Battle of the Alamo uh, that the first sightings of spirits had to begin to appear. It seems like that uh, those would appear. There's yep. a lot of people dying. Yes. So, days after the battle, so the general of the Mexican troops was General Santa Ana. And uh, so he wanted the church to burn to the ground. Wow. He he's just a very angry dictator. He's angry. Yes. That's for sure. So he he's sent not his, a happy Santa. Yeah. So he sent his commander to the site, and when they arrived at the Alamo, they were quick to turn back around to the Mexican army camp. Shaken and white-faced, they told the story of the six Diablos. Oh, six? Yes. Oh. Who had stood before the Alamo. Each spirit had held a flaming sword encircling the group of soldiers as they blocked the entrance to the Alamo. That's badass. Yeah. Flaming swords? Yeah. Where did they get flaming swords? Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Um, Rolling with it. Yep, just rolling with it. Uh, Rumors circulated of the entities protecting the Alamo. Of those who had died during the battle, while others claimed that they must have been old monks guarding the mission. So, like, when it was first, yeah, like, made. But the angry general uh, decided that he would go there himself. All right. Because he's like, you didn't do my job for me. So now I have to do it myself. Watch and learn. You're going to get cut with six flaming swords. So he listed a few men and set off towards the Alamo. When he arrived, he spotted a tall male spirit rise up from the roof of the barracks. Whoa. I'm assuming just like a giant. It's a tall. Yeah. Rise up. Did he just like slowly like ascend or did he like literally like sit up? Like, 
I don't know. I think he should ascend. Like he just like, like it like he was coming up through the floor. Like he like was floating upwards. Yeah, not like he was like in a laying standing completely position at all times, just floating upwards. Okay, so not like he was still laying in a standing position and slowly just like, <laughs> like slowly like teeter tottered his way up. Yeah, like not moving or bending his knees or anything. Like kind of like vampires do in the vampire movies. <laughs> Actually, no, I like that better. Okay. Let's stick with that. All right. That would be kind of fun, right? Yes. So, in each hand, uh, the entity held a ball consumed in fire. Oh, man. This place has got a lot of fire. Did he give out the fire swords? Probably. He's like the big head honcho, right? Maybe he's the fire master. The firebender? He's a firebender. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yes. So... The head firebender (laughs) made the Mexican soldiers drop to their knees in fear for their lives. Oh. Because God was coming upon them. Well, I would be terrified too, though. Yes. So they left. Yeah, they should. Yep. In 1846, the United States Army planned to demolish the complex and convert it into something. I'm assuming the fort that they ended up moving. Okay. But the word of sightings of ghosts wandering the grounds of the church began to be reported. Almost all of them coming from the guests at the Menger Hotel. Remember that? Yeah, it's right across the street. We talked about that before. Yes, it's literally right across the street from the Alamo. Oh. Yes, but we haven't talked about that before. And that's why We Drink has talked about that before. (laughs) Like, uh, I feel like I've talked about it before. Maybe I just talked about it with someone else. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe just, we've talked about it, but just not on the podcast. We might have talked about it. Yeah. We've personally talked about it before then. Yeah. We're going with it. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I believe it is. I think. Because I know that they had to correct that on, and that's yes. why we drink. So I'm not going to say it again. But All right. Just roll so with it. the hotel guests started seeing sightings of spirits of like... An army marching up and down the path along the front of the Alamo in old attire. Okay. And some of the apparitions disappeared into walls of the buildings, while others stood guard all night as if protecting the site from someone who might seek to tear it down. Oh. Did they have swords? Fiery swords? They have fire swords? Probably. Oh, yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah. So, avoiding tearing the building down... It became a home to a police headquarters and jail instead. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. But reports described ghostly guards, which marched up along the roof and dark figures roaming in the corridors at night. I don't like that. And then there was distinct sounds of moaning that awoke staff and prisoners. Ew. That's disgusting. Stop. Yes. Well, it didn't stop. It got worse. Oh, no. So the activity did get more frequent. And it got to the point where guards refused to work the night patrol. I would too. I wouldn't even work there. Yeah? You know, I'd be done. You'd be like, I'm done being this prison guard. The first moan I hear in that prison. Are you sure it's a ghost? I don't moan? care what kind of moan it is. The first moan I hear. I'm out of there. Yeah. I don't care if it's someone just eating a donut and that donut's really fucking good. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. Bye. 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 So, since no one would take the shifts, the prison was forced to, like, move. Oh, yeah. So, just a little fun fact is that some of the sightings are not actually from the Alamo itself. 
like the Battle of the Alamo. What are they from? Uh, because between 1724 and 1793, the site and the plaza between the Menger Hotel and the Alamo. <laughs> you said it again. I did. Hopefully I said it right. Was a cemetery for the city of San Antonio. Oh! It is believed that thousands of people were buried on this land. Oh my god! And so it is believed that some of those people that were buried on the land still haunt the area as well. That would make sense. Yes. Even... Uh, maintenance men who are working in the plaza bury up bones all the time. Oh, Dig yeah. up bones all the time. They they bury bones all the they, time. I said bury up bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, they're up burying them into yeah. the air. Yeah. Sure. Yep. I like bury up. All right. We're going to bury up the bones. Let's bury up things. All right. Uh, so one of the most commonly spotted ghosts... At the Alamo is a blonde-haired boy. No. He is most often seen in the upstairs window, which is now part of the Alamo's gift shop. That feels creepy. As the story goes, it is believed that the little boy was evacuated during the siege of the Alamo. And he is thought to have survived, but it is parents did not. Oh. So his spirit returns over and over again to the site where he last saw them. Oh. During the month of February, his little ghost becomes more frequent. Oh, that's so sad. Because during February was when all of the fighting happened. And Between, you had to like, say his little ghost. Like, he's so young and little. Yeah, I did actually write little ghost for some reason, <laughs> so I just read it. Yes. Along the outer walls of the Alamo, a ghostly figure is what is believed to be a Mexican soldier wanders the grounds. His hands are always clasped behind his back and his chin tilted down and he shakes his head sadly. Oh. The ghost is believed to be a soldier of one of Santa Ana's commanders who had refused to lay siege on the Alamo. On the eve of the battle, I think I wrote this wrong, but on the eve of the battle coming to an end, um, six men were brought to surrender. So the commander offered the men his protection. But Santa Ana refused the act of truce and ordered the Texans' executions. Well, that's mean. Yeah. So this is why he's sad and wandering around the Alamo. Oh. The general was infuriated because uh, the commander refused to follow orders. So Santa Ana murdered them himself, hacking them to death with a sharp-bladed saber and almost killed the commander as well. What the fuck? He is a very vindictive dictator. He's vicious. Yeah. He wants everyone's heads on a stake. Is he a Joffrey from Game of Thrones? Like, come on. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I hear he's a bitch. I've watched like two seasons. I know who Joffrey is. I know who Joffrey is. (laughs) I've seen the memes. You know how many hours behind of Game of Thrones I'm on now? It is good. But at this point, I'm just going to wait until the whole series is done. Just binge it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing is various reports have surfaced over the years of a man uh, seeing apparitions of a man and a child on the rooftop of the Alamo. What are they doing there? The spirits are always seen just after sunrise as the ghostly man wraps his arm around the child and leaps off the roof to the ground below. That's horrible. Also, my first thought after I asked you and you're like, seen just after sunrise, I'm like, look, Simba, everything the light touches. 
No, it's a lot darker than it, that. It is, it is darker. <laughs> it's more like the uh, Scar Mufasa scene. Yeah, I guess we're just going to compare it to Lion King today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they he le- uh, wraps his arm around the child and leaps to the ground below. So it would seem that these ghost figures are in a case of residual energy. And during the last moments of the Battle of the Alamo... A general and these other Mexican soldiers glanced up and were horrified to see a tall, thin man and a small child in his arms leap to the ground from the roof of the Alamo Church. Mm, That's sad. Yeah. A ghostly guard has also been spotted on the south side of the roof, especially on nights when it's rainy or cold. I don't know, maybe that was just like his like post nights. Maybe he always seemed to get stuck. On the cold, rainy nights. The shitty nights to work. The shittiest nights. (laughs) It just seemed like it was always a shift. Someone had it out for him. Yeah. Visitors have also expressed feeling of melancholy and when wandering through the main chapel area of the complex. Some have even felt so depressed that tears will start to stream down their face and are powerless to control the erratic emotions. That's crazy. Yeah. Others have reported hearing disembodied voices, whispers, as though the spirits are experiencing worry of the impending battle, and phantom footsteps. Oh. The ghost, which still haunts the old church, this seems to have a singular purpose to make all who visit remember the Alamo. Always remember. The Alamo? Yep. Mm. Never forget. I mean, I Never wasn't surrender. there. I wasn't there at the Alamo. How can I remember? Well, because the public school system failed you. That's true. They did. There is also appearances of strange smoky spirits that wander the rounds. Screams can be heard from inside its walls. Sounds of explosions and even a faint trumpet uh, song. And it's a specific uh, Spanish song that Santa Ana ordered to play during the final assault on the fort. Wow. That's eerie. Right? Like the sounds of battle and the specific trumpet cry. Like, that's a really eerie thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Every March, so like on March 6th was like the last day of the Alamo. A few days after the anniversary of the battle, residents of the surrounding area are awakened in the early morning by the sound of horse hooves on the pavement. Every March. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It is believed to be uh, someone who was trying to report back to General Houston. Okay. There are reports of a lone man dressed in the clothing of the time, carrying a long rifle, slowly walking towards San Antonio. Uh, When a passerby stops to investigate, they are told that he says that he is trying to get back to the Alamo where he belongs. It is believed that he is the soul of Louis M. Rose, who is labeled as the coward of the Alamo who regrets um, leaving the Alamo during the fights to save himself. Mm. And he is now damned for eternity to try and regain his honor by returning the battle. That's so sad. Yeah. So just don't pick up any hitchhikers in San Antonio. Wearing clothes that don't look familiar. Yep. And a musket. (laughs) (laughs) So, many visitors report seeing two small boys, about 10 and 12 years old. They are usually playing tag along the tour groups that visit the grounds. 
No one seems to know where they come from, and no one seems to notice when they leave. They no just, one knows where they come from and where do they go. Whether they come from Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Thanks for picking up what I was putting down. <laughs> Don't worry, I already thought about oh, it. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, so they just simply seem to disappear when the tour group reaches a small room of the Alamo Church. Uh, many believe these little boys were killed in the final assault mistaken as combatants by the advancing Mexicans when they were discovered hiding in the church. That's so sad. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all of... I bet there is so much more... Oh, I'm sure there's more. There's there's so much more history that I could have covered, and there's so much more experiences that I could have covered as well, but we've already been recording for, like, almost an hour. Right. But, I mean, if anyone's super interested too i'm sure they can find more information yes i do want to make a disclaimer that it is very important that the alamo is essentially a cemetery right it is a place where 182 texans died and about 16,000 mexican soldiers were either killed or wounded on march 6 the remains were dismembered burned and dumped in the san antonio river or are simply left to the element. It is one of the bloodiest battles in American and Texas history, so there are no investigations allowed on the site. It is, in fact, a violation of the law to take photographs inside the Alamo Church or the Long Barracks, which are the only two original structures of the Alamo. I think that's fair. Yes. I think that's kind of respectful to, to say, like, this is a cemetery. It is a cemetery. Yeah. Like, there are no cameras or electronic devices, including EMF detectors, allowed to be used within the confines of the Alamo. So, it's pretty much, it's like one of America's most darkest days. Like, the sights of one of America's most darkest days. So, I tell this story, and if people listen to it, yes, go, there's tours and everything. You can go around and experience the history. Just don't be disrespectful. Right. Be respectful. Also, don't get yourself in trouble for doing something that's, you know, not allowed. Yeah. And I just want to make that very clear. Being like, oh, that's so cool. I want to go see ghosts. Don't. Just just don't. (laughs) We're all about the respect of it, too. Yeah. Like, respect the history of the building itself and the respects of the law of that area. Right. So, but that's pretty much the story of the Alamo. I just wanted to add that disclaimer in. No, I think that's fair. And I think that's good to Because that was posted everywhere that I found research on. But, like, you can wander through the plaza, which is next door. You can stay in the Menger Hotel, which is also very haunted. The San Antonio Cathedral is also extremely haunted. Like, you can go around the town, just be respectful. Right. Don't piss anyone off. That's fair. Yeah. That's 100% fair. Yeah, so that is the Alamo. Well, that's cool. I didn't actually know anything about it. (laughs) Education. Education. Are you ready? I don't know. Okay. Our first alien abduction. Yes! I've been thinking about doing one, but it's also more of like a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Too. So this is just really interesting to me. So I'm going to just jive on in. Jive, jive right in. <laughs> jive right in. You see how casually I did it just to try to make it a thing? Yeah. All right. This is the story 
all about how. No. <laughs> My life got flipped, turned upside down. No, so this is Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it's, it's the Saturday Night Live skit with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Oh my gosh. How many jokes are we going to make? I haven't even said a single sentence. (laughs) I don't even know where we are. It's okay. We're in Brazil. Brazil. This is the first recorded incident of UFO abduction. Recorded? Mm -hmm. Does that mean official? Like reported about? Yes. Okay. So this happened to 23-year-old Brazilian man named Antonio Villas- Boaz. I'm also going to butcher names. This is just the butcher name episode. Butchered. Hashtag butchered. So this happened on October 15th, 1957. It also stands as a well-documented physical case with doctors who examined after effects. All right. Even before this night, Antonio seemed to be a target of some sort. Like, he was just a general target of life? <laughs> like, <laughs> for this, it seems like for this, these aliens. Okay. So, like, he has been experiencing things before he actually got abducted. Yes. And I'm about to tell you what they were. Okay. So, on October 5th, he spotted a bright white light in the sky when he opened the window to get some fresh air. Later that night, the light seemed to still be there, and it seemed to be moving towards him. He slammed the window shut, frightened. Him and his brother were in the same room, and him and his brother, they watched as the light moved from behind the shutters. And then seemingly kind of like trying to figure out what, you know, if they could see in or something. Um, this just reminds me but then of it moved that away. American Horror Story. <laughs> what season was that? Oh, that was uh, Asylum. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it moved behind the shutters before leaving. Yeah. So on the 14th, which is the night before his abduction, Antonio and his brother were working in the field of his family's farm when they both saw the light again. It was about 300 feet above their head. So it was just like a beam of light? It was just a bright white light. Oh, okay. So like a craft that just has a light. Yeah, something like, like that. Like a headlight. Just one singular headlight. Their other headlights on the out. bottom. <laughs> fix it ticket so antonio went to go investigate because he's like what the fuck is this i've seen it twice now yeah as he got closer it suddenly darted away at tremendous speed to the opposite end of the field he followed it again he's just like fucking running after it yeah just running through a field in the night yeah so he followed it again the energy for that and it did the same thing so he followed 20 times no, I wouldn't know. No. Okay. You maybe got me like twice. Yeah. It said that it kept moving as if it was going away from him. And it repeated about 20 times before he became discouraged and went back to his brother. <laughs> I would have been so discouraged literally by the first time it happened. I know. I'd walk there once and I'd be like, well, it's gone. <laughs> I, like, would maybe give it one more shot, but once it did it the second time, I'm like, no, I'm going back. Goodbye. (laughs) Like, and then I wouldn't have been abducted by aliens. Well, you might still have been. Damn it. (laughs) So the light stilled, and for a few minutes, um, it stayed in kind of the same place, occasionally throwing rays of light in different directions before vanishing. Ready for 
The 15th. The Faith Fateful. The Fateful 15th? The Fateful 15th. Okay. On the night of October 15th, 1957, Antonio was out plowing the field. Alone. At night? At night. So it's Brazil. It's hot. It's something that him and his brother, like, when they would work the field, they would work at night a lot of times to escape the heat. That makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, because we, like, just went through a heat wave here in Michigan, and I just stayed inside. Yeah. No, it, I, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, I would probably be like, yeah, that that's probably better. I'm not working during the day. Yeah. So while plowing, the engine of his tractor suddenly cut off. At the same time, an object with purple lights descended from the sky. So they just added some, like, hue colors to their headlights. Yeah, they're just changing it up. Yeah. They're like... Put in a different... We're different people. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind us. So this was around 1 a.m. He said it looked like an elongated egg with several technical features. It settled and it landed on three legs that came out from under it. Okay. So he was freaking terrified. Yeah, I would think I was losing my mind at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, right? So A floating giant egg with lights? Gosh, yeah! He tried to run. Yep. But his arm was grabbed by a small figure that only reached to about his shoulder. Oh, so the aliens are short. They're short. Okay. They wore strange clothes. He shoved it before three more creatures surrounded him, and then they lifted him off the ground by his arms. I'm going to read you kind of his description of them. Okay. Was an artist rendering? I have an artist rendering. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited. So, he described the creatures in great detail. All of them wore very tight-fitted siren suits made of soft, thick, unevenly striped gray material. Okay. The garment reached up to their necks, where it was joined by a kind of helmet made of a gray material that looked stiffer. And it was straightened back at nose level. Okay. Their helmets hid everything except their eyes, which were protected by two round glass-like lenses. Like, typically, like, if you think of your glasses, just the glass lens part. Okay. Like monocles in both eyes. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) So through them, the men looked at me and their eyes seemed to be much smaller than ours, though I believed that may have been the effect of the lenses. All of them had light-colored eyes that looked blue to me. But this I cannot vouch for. By the way, I'm reading his account. (laughs) Not me. I didn't see them. So you sure? mm. Were they floating up at your second-story window? Maybe. That's creepy. I have nightmares. Above their eyes, those helmets looked so tall that they corresponded to what the double what normal head size should be. Okay. With smaller eyes than us? Yes. <laughs> this is going to be creepy. So, probably there was something else hidden under those helmets. Probably. Placed on top of their heads. Oh, I forgot this is his account. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Placed on top of their heads, but nothing could be seen from the outside. Right on top, in the middle of their heads, there sprouted three round silvery metal tubes. Then it says, I can't tell whether they were made of metal or rubber. But they were a little narrower than a common garden hose. The tubes, which were placed one in the middle and one on each side of their heads, were smoothed down and bent backwards if towards their back. There they were 
fitted into their clothes, but he can't say how they were. He didn't notice anything like a lump or a hump or anything underneath their clothes that would have shown what the wires were, like the tubes were attached to. Okay. Vitals. Yeah. Just, they were just connected directly into them. I don't know. Yep. Their sleeves were- catheters. (laughs) Ew. Into their heads. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Their helmets actually have like a toilet built into them. Their heads are just so big that- they need, like, their body can't, like, get the blood flow all the way to it, so they have to put in hoses into their brain so that the blood can, there's more places the blood can flow. Yeah, you Theory. got this. Yep. Their sleeves were narrow and tight-fitted at the wrist, and they wore thick, five-fingered gloves of the same color. That must have somewhat hindered their movement. He also noticed that the men were, weren't able to double their fingers together, so the touch... So, so essentially like, you they couldn't put their fingers together. So a touch was like the palm of their hand and the like tips smack. of their fingers. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they flat hand palmed. Like they their touch was their palm of their hand and their fingers. Like they couldn't put their fingers together. Yeah. Which is weird. The difficulty of their hands being that way did not prevent them from catching him and holding him firmly. Yeah. Or manipulating the rubber tubes for extracting my blood. We'll get there. Oh. The overalls Did must... they just do this all on the ground in the field? No, like they, they bring them back. I'm just giving okay. you like a really detailed description. They didn't beam them up yet? Not yet. They capture it. So the overalls must have been a kind of uniform for the members of the crew wore red badges the size of pineapples on their chest. And sometimes it reflected a shiny light. Not a light of its own, but reflected a light. Okay. <laughs> they just wore like road reflectors on their chest. That are shaped like pineapples. Yeah, or okay. as big as a pineapple. I just think a cute little pineapple on their chest. Yeah, I think it's just like a bunch of like poke spot pineapples of like, like those like really shiny stickers, just like all over. Yeah, they're just wearing stickers. They're just wearing stickers. Like they went to the dollar store and they're like, "Oh, this is cool," and so they bought like a ton of packs of dollar store pineapple reflective stickers. <laughs> they went. They stopped they off just- at a dollar store first. <laughs> Yeah, and then they just sat on the ship and they poked each other with the stickers, so then they're just covered in stickers. Oh, that's so cute. Shaped like pineapples. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) So, from the center badge, there came a strip of silvery metal which joined onto tight-fitting claspless belts, the color of which he cannot remember. No pockets could be seen anywhere. I don't remember seeing any buttons either. The trousers were also tight-fitting over the buttocks, thighs, and legs. Oh, yeah, like looking at their ass? Oh, yeah, and no wrinkle or crease could be seen. Yep, like looking at their ass. (laughs) Yep. There was no visible hem between the shoes and the pants, which were actually a continuation. They were wearing onesies. They were wearing onesie pajamas. Okay. (laughs) So this is also what they bought at the Walmart next to the dollar store. Oh, yeah. They were like, hey, let's go get some silver onesies with uneven stripes. That's why they were at Walmart. Yeah. So (laughs) the soles of their shoes were different from ours. They were thick, about two or three inches thick and turned up or arched up in front so that the tips looked like what you would think of described in old fairy tales. Yeah. Though the general appearance was that of a common tennis shoe. So. 
I'm not going to go into too much more because he goes on describing these forever. I just wanted to get you kind of the idea of what their outfit looked like. Yeah. So I can see the artist rendering with all the pineapple polka dots. Yeah, but there's none on this artist oh, rendering. Oh, damn it. Also in the artist rendering, their heads are a lot smaller than he describes them as. Yeah. Okay. I want someone to do my artist rendering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with pineapple polka dot stickers. With pineapple polka dot stickers. I want them wearing a onesie. Like, literally, clearly, like, a child's onesie that's clearly too small for them because it's that tight on them. Yeah. And... But there's no seams for where their shoes are. Yeah, and their head is huge, and I want it to look like it's pumping blood. Okay. Yeah. Someone get on that. Yep. I won't. I'm not a good artist. Devin's like, fuck that. (laughs) So... Fan art! (laughs) So Antonio was brought aboard their ship, stripped naked... And then a... Poked in the butt. Not yet. (laughs) A strange liquid was spread all over him, and they took blood samples from him. So he was spread in jelly and was forced to wrestle in front of the alien female ladies. We'll get there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he said it was kind of like they were doing medical experiments on him. He was then left in a room for what seemed like... A long time. Like, maybe about an hour. Okay. Alone. Alone. And, like, from what I said, it, like, he kind of sat on this bed that was, like, a foam-like mattress in the middle of a room. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. So then, a puff of smoke filled the room. And a magician appeared? Sort of. <laughs> a puff of smoke filled the room, and he felt sick, as if he were suffocating. Oh, no. Once it cleared... Breathing was easier. Some point during this, he did vomit. Okay. Because he couldn't breathe. So that's a, not and a felt very nauseous. nice magician. Then. Then. A beautiful, fair-haired woman entered the room. Okay, like a human woman or like an alien woman? Like an alien woman. I have an artist rendition too. Okay, good. She was naked. Oh, they wanted to see how the intercourse happens between alien and human? Potentially. Okay. Uh, Antonio was instantly attracted to her. In, in Instantly attracted Instantly. To- and I'm going to tell you what she looked like. Okay. So she came in slowly, unhurriedly, perhaps a little bit amused at the amazement she saw written on my face. He s- I stared open-mouthed. She was beautiful. Though of a different type of beauty compared with what that of woman that I've known. Her hair was blonde, nearly white, like dyed with peroxide. It was smooth, not very thick, and parted in the center. She had big blue eyes, and rather than them being round, they were slanted outward, like those <laughs> like those pencil-drawn girls made to look like Arabian princesses. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they were natural. Okay. There was no makeup. Her nose was straight, not pointed, not turned up, not too big. Okay. He he really, he really has a thing for this alien chick. Yeah. Like, already. Oh, yeah. The contours of her face were different, though she had very, they were different because she had very high, prominent cheekbones that made her face narrow to a peak. That sounds weird. Yeah, so it was, like, very pointed. Okay. All of a sudden, it ended at a pointed chin. So, okay, pointed face. 
It gave the lower part of her face a very pointed look. Her lips were very thin, nearly invisible. Her ears, which I only saw later. <laughs> were small and didn't seem different from normal ears. Her high cheekbones gave the impression that there had been a broken bone somewhere underneath. But as I discovered later, there was no broken bones they- anywhere. <laughs> uh, but as I discovered later, they were soft and fleshy to the touch. So they didn't seem to be made of bone. Okay. Her body was much more beautiful than any I'd ever seen before. It was slim. Her breast stood up high, well separated. Her waist was thin. Her belly was flat. Her hips well developed. Her thighs were large. Her feet were small. Her hands long and narrow. Her fingers and nails were normal. She was much shorter than I am. Her head only reached my shoulder. Her skin was white, as if as of a fair woman here. Okay. She was... Full of freckles on her arms, she, he didn't notice any perfume except for natural female odor. Okay. Got some B.O. going on. <laughs> this is g- gonna get ready for this one? Sure. And another thing I noticed was the hair on her armpits and below yep. were bright red, nearly the color of blood. Ew. Are you ready for your picture? Yeah. Are you are not safe for work picture? She's gorgeous. This artist rendering is gorgeous. <laughs> wow. I told Devin she kind of looks like a soccer mom. <laughs> this is the definite can I speak to your manager? But like the, yeah, no, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Can I speak to your manager, please? Here as I stand here naked. I think I will post the picture when I post our ups, our Instagram updates, but I'm going to just cut it from the head up. Okay, yeah, we just need to see the head up. We don't need to see the other artists rendering of <laughs> <laughs> the entire naked body. It is not safe for work if you want to look it up yourself. But she definitely looks like a soccer mom. Very pointed face in this picture. Yeah. So that's what she looks like. Very yeah. beautiful, right? Yeah. So, so, so beautiful. They did not speak or kiss, but they engaged in other activities. Yeah. Yes. So, Antonio said that she did not speak right, but during the act, she growled like a dog. Oh, no. That, and, he st- and he still had attention? Like, yep. <laughs> he also said <laughs> that. He could tell she was, Wait. like, an alien. You could tell that she was an alien? Yeah, he could tell he she was one of them. Okay. So she just went through, like, some crazy plastic surgery to, like, like, oh my god, is this just, like, a Futurama moment where they're, like, watching all of our TV and they're like, this is a beautiful woman, we are going to make this you. And then they're like, what is the most popular sounds of the earth? Dogs. <laughs> Honestly, though, I that thought didn't even occur to me, but it would make sense. They're watching us. They have been watching us. <laughs> so Antonio said that the liquid they spread on him seemed to have Viagra-like properties, and there was well, I guess then the dog barking thing didn't discourage him at all. Nope. And uh, 
They engaged in an act multiple times. Okay. So eventually other creatures came in. And what if this is like a Rick and Morty sex doll kind of episode where she's just literally, (laughs) where she's just literally a sex doll and she's collecting samples. And then she produces a weird baby. Yep. <laughs> a weird alien human baby. Well, it's Rick and Morty. Maybe. This is where they got this from. <laughs> Probably is. So, other creatures came in as, like, she, before she left, she pointed to her belly, smiled, and then pointed to the sky. So, she's going to turn into a ball and float away? <laughs> he believed that this meant that this was obviously a mating experiment. And that one day after maybe a baby was born or something, they would come back for him. So that he could father his child. Possibly. His offspring. Yep. His alien offspring. So before letting him go, they decided, let's just give him a tour of our spaceship. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) If we didn't, like, men in black this thing before, like, we left, like... Nope. They're like, let's just give you a, a tour of our spaceship. And he he accepted the tour because at this point he knew no harm was going to come to him. Like, do, but do you know no harm was going to come to you? Because like, maybe this tour just leads you to an incinerator and you're gone. Maybe. <laughs> it didn't. But <laughs> So while on the tour, Antonio tried to steal something that looked like an alarm clock to kind of prove this happened. But they caught him. Yeah, they caught him. They took well, it from him. if you're him. naked, it's really hard to hide something unless it's up your he ass. Did, he, he was able to get dressed again, I think. Okay. I assume. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. sure. Uh, Does he talk about how cold it was in the rest of the show? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I wanted to tell you that what he tried to steal. Okay. So, and kind of what he saw on the ship. So, he noticed that the ship's were sm- walls were smooth metal and hard with no windows anywhere. So, the what he tried to steal... Was a box with a glass top that appeared to be an alarm clock. Or a detonator. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) He described the clock as having one hand and several marks that corresponded to 3, 6, 9, and 12 of an ordinary clock. However, as time passed, the hands didn't move. Okay. So he concluded that it was not a clock. Okay. Fair, I guess. Okay. It was just a dial. Yeah, so it was taken from him and, you know, they were like, no, you can't have this. But no one talked to him the whole time. So when the tour was done, one of the figures gestured him down the ladder and back to the ground. They then pointed in the same sky direction that she had pointed to when, like, she, up, like she had, like, Just up. it was like <laughs> sub- southward, southern, okay. I don't know. And then they signaled for him to step back. He did. Probably a good idea. Waves goodbye to his unborn child. His alien girlfriend. (laughs) Then the ship took off. And so when he returned, it was about 5.30 when he returned to his tractor. Like 5.30 in the morning? Okay. So he returned to his tractor where he found that it appeared the creatures had sabotaged his tractor so that he couldn't run away from them. Like when things had happened. Hmm. I assume that, like, they didn't sabotage it, but they more or less, there was, like, an imbalance in some electrical field that causes 
So what it doesn't isn't that usually in UFO reports of like an, an electrical like occurrence that yeah. like short circuits like are electronics? Yeah, so but this is what he said happened to okay. the tractor All or right. what he noticed. The battery wires had been detached. So like psychically? I don't know. Like that was like, the big thing is what it sabotaged it was that the wires were detached. Yeah. Well, I I don't think it would have started to begin with. Unless they sabotaged it while it was moving. (laughs) Yeah, that's possible. So for about like three months after this encounter, he suffered a lot of medical ailments, which included excessive sleepiness, which is something that is reported in a lot of people who have been abducted. Okay. He also experienced nausea, weakness, headaches, and lesions of the skin. Ooh. Yeah, kind of gross, right? Yeah. So, Antonio eventually kind of withdrew from the public. Like, he told his story, and then he kind of withdrew from that. Yeah. He became a lawyer. He got married. Had four children. Yeah. However, he did stick to this story really happening to him his entire life. Yeah. He wouldn't deny that it happened. He just kind of withdrew. Yeah. He then died in 1992. Uh, how Do we know how old he was when he died? Good question. Because, like, did he, like, die from, like, cancer, from, like, radiation things? Well, so, there was another thing that said that he had a lot of the symptoms of having radiation sickness. Yeah. So, I think that he was possibly, while he was there, exposed to... A ton of radiation. A lot of radiation. He died um, at age... It looks like 57. Okay. So, young. Yeah. So, that is my story for you. Oh, that's it? That's all I've got. I I think pretty much that was his only abduction. But what if this... they, like, came back for him after he died? And they're like, well, where is he? And they couldn't find him. Oh, and his alien son was just like, Daddy, I thought I was going to meet you. Is he British? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and an orphan. All right. Are you sure they didn't just abduct a kid from another area? Maybe they did, and they're like, oh, this is good enough. This is our kid. But no, this is one of the first reported stories. Mm -hmm. Shortly after, there was another famous UFO reporting. Yeah. And this kind of started the idea of what happened during abductions. Like, the idea of any sort of sexual encounter with an abduction It really reminds me of that Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. (laughs) So So that really started, this kicked off that idea. However, the probing was a different abduction. Okay. Which is the one that's kind of most thought of as like almost the second. Okay. But I just thought it was a really interesting story because like, I guess I never thought of it before I did the story. I was like, What's the first alien report? Like, yeah. And this is like the first recorded abduction. Uh, Yeah. And it does say it was like well documented. Like, he had these symptoms. He went into the doctors and, like, yeah. So that was pretty interesting. No, like, that's that's crazy. I wish they would have came back and he would have just been like, they came back. (laughs) They like shouted to the heavens. He's like, I've met my son. You know, like... It was probably a cute little alien kid. Half soccer mom. Half human. Obviously, there's theories about everything. Yeah. I mean, there's people who don't believe any of this happened. There's people who do. There's theories about 
alien abortions and stuff that I briefly saw when I was doing my like research or like maybe the child didn't survive. So they never came back. Like there's just, there's a lot of theories surrounding this. I just wanted to tell the initial, like his report. Yeah. No, that's good. Definitely. So, but I don't know. That's crazy. It's our first abduction. Yeah. It makes me really want to do like one of the conspiracy theories that I want to do. But the thing is like when it comes to like do researching stories for this podcast, like I'm just like, oh my God, that's so cool. Oh my God, that's so cool. And then I get like a list of like six things to like look into. Yeah. And none of them's ever like the thing that like I've been like wanting to look into for a while because I just keep coming across things on my research. Right. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it for today. I think that's a wrap. Let's get our trusty piece of paper out that yep. I still haven't put on a different piece of paper. Yep. So uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on our social media at... Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, Twitter at The MF Cast. And Facebook. Facebook.com slash Marble Forest Podcast. Yes. You can also email us your stories. We want to hear your stories at MarbleForestPodcast at gmail.com. We want to be creeped out. Yeah. By your experiences. Yeah. I would love someone to write in a story. So we'd like to give a special thank you to our friend Jenna for creating our amazing logo and banner. You can follow her at Instagram. And Etsy at Agenda. Um, it is a uh, Jenna, like Jen. Duh. Yeah. 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 And a special thanks to Cameron, who did our music, and Devin, who does our editing. She always gives us this look when we thank her on I the know. podcast. She just doesn't want to be thanked. Devin, thank Why you. Why don't you love us? Accept us. Accept our thanks, Devin. It's Gosh. really rude of you to deny us. Yeah. And thank you for listening to us. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's all for today. I guess we'll see you in whenever we release another podcast. And don't get abducted. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Apparently I had an alarm set for 9.45 p.m. that I don't remember <laughs> setting. <laughs> yeah, just... Don't get abducted by aliens and don't tempt fate. And remember the Alamo. Yep, always remember the Alamo. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.